Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The start of a brand new season in the NFL, albeit a little bit different. But Darren, the anticipation ahead of this one is bigger and better than pretty much whatever we've seen before because of the fact that no one knows what's going to happen because of COVID-19. I know, and I mean, even just doing this today, you know, we're all apart, we can't be together, we're all using this new technology, it's a brand new start for everybody. But you're right, I mean, I'm... I'm watching the other sports around the world do their thing and I just don't know how it's going to affect the NFL. I mean, there are certain teams who have a home field advantage, noisy stadiums and vociferous crowds, and they won't be there. Some teams will have a number of spectators in the stadium. Others won't have any. So it's not really a level playing field this year. But I think what's been really refreshing, all the stuff that I've been listening to and watching, the general feeling is, look, we've just got to get on with it. it won't be completely level this year. There won't be competitive balance across the board because each individual team, franchise, state, city, they're all in different stages of, of, of recovery or pandemic or whatever it is. So people have just got to accept they've got to go with it. And it seems to be across the board pretty much in the NFL that, that that's been accepted. Whether that stays that way when they start 0-4, there might be one or two excuses creeping in, but... I think at the minute, I'm excited about it, but I'm also really curious to see how it's going to go. And also in the NFL, an away game is actually an away game because of the distances between the teams. Fans don't necessarily travel as much as they do, let's say, in the UK for a Premier League game. So there aren't that many away fans present at a team's home game when they play on a normal, well, a normal season, a normal year, anything but 2020. (laughs) What I've noticed from doing the football, whether it be the Premier League or the Champions League, With no crowd there, it's really difficult to shift momentum. And when you think about the four quarters of an NFL game, there are so many 
momentum shift. You mean the anticipation, the nervousness of the fans? You really get a sense of that when you're watching it in the stadium as a commentator. No, I, th- I think you know. You know when you watch a match and yeah, you watch a Premier League game and a team's two 0 down, and then they get the goal to go two one down, and then everything changes in the stadium. The crowd get into it. The players seem to change. That's harder to do, I think, in my experience of, of, of commentating on, on football matches. To get that momentum shift within the game itself is hard with nobody there. And when you think about an NFL game, you probably get changes of momentum significantly more often than you do in a, in a football match because obviously a long pass down the field or a big hit or whatever it is, a long run, can, can totally change things. A drive, and a, a scoring drive, and, and then a quick three and out for for the opposition, and everything changes. You get two quick scores and everything changes. I wonder whether it's going to be quite as easy for that to happen without the atmosphere inside the stadium as well, to generate that feeling on the sidelines and in the huddle and all that kind of thing. That, that's been the big thing that stood out for me. The players got used to it eventually and managed to find the right kind of tempo and all that kind of stuff. And the game itself was, was relatively normal. But it was that peripheral stuff, you know, the momentum change, the ability for someone to be lifted by, by an event during the game to, to turn it around in their favour. And I think when you've got a sport like the NFL, I mean, we, we sat together in Miami and look how that changed at the end. The long pass play from Mahomes to Tyreek Hill and the entire game turned and everybody was into it. You could feel it. You don't get that because there's nobody in the stadium. So to actually generate that big change, that, 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 that U-turn in the way the game's going, I, I think that is is something that's, that's, that's happening less often with um, empty stadiums and, and no, no supporters being in there. Well, you've witnessed it in the Premier League and in the Champions League, obviously, with all the football that you've been doing for BT. Do you think it takes a period of time, or did it take a period of time, two or three weeks for the players to get used to playing without an audience, without a crowd? Because from a fan's perspective, when I was watching, I tried without the artificial crowd noise, and I put the artificial crowd noise on, and then I kept flipping back and forth between noise and no noise, and I just couldn't watch it with no noise. It was yeah. the most bizarre thing. And even though the crowd noise was fake, it was filtered in, you know, some bloke probably sat on a laptop with all these little buttons going, yep, cheer here, boo here, hiss, you know, uh, from the crowd noise. But how many weeks do you think it took for the players to get used to having no fans there and switching mentally from what felt like a training session into an actual game? Three or four games, I would say. Before that many? Three or four games, yeah. And, and it wasn't across the board then. You know, it wasn't everybody within three or four games were okay. Um, I also, and that's something that, that we're, we're going to have to wait and see with the NFL. But I mean, you think about it. You, when you're on the road and you've got to drive down the field with time running out and you, you know, you've got a minute and 20 seconds left and you've got to drive down the field and get a field goal, not only have you got the elements and the opposition to take into account, you've got to deal with the crowd noise in the stadium and all that kind of thing. Big advantage for the, for the home team. When that goes, you know, I think when you're in the huddle and you can communicate and you've got a really experienced quarterback like Tom Brady and he's not going to worry about any kind of noise, he can just you know, kind of direct what he sees and change the play accordingly and do that really easily. I think if you've got an experienced player in that kind of position in an NFL game, it should actually be a big advantage to that team. So I think it's... The well-coached teams and the experienced teams, certainly with experienced top-level quarterbacks, I think will, will be the teams that will cope with this situation better than, than, than the other ones. I think teams that want to play defence all the time rely on a lot of emotion. 
and they're going to have to try and get that emotion into their game without anybody being able to help them. So I think the efficient, quarterback-driven, experienced, well-coached teams will have a big advantage when the NFL season starts. You know what would be interesting? I wonder whether, as the season progresses without a crowd, whether it's going to get easier for defensive coordinators to script their defense against particular offenses because they can actually hear the audibles of the quarterback. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know how much of, of the quarterback's voice they pick up uh, or can pick up legally with, with, you know, in a game with crowd noise, but it's going to be interesting because if they do... What was interesting when we were watching the football was listening to players... I never realised how much players command each other on the field as they're playing. That fascinated me for about 10 minutes and then it did my edit. But it'd be interesting to hear the audibles from the quarterbacks and all the, the signals that the wide receivers shout and the defensive backs. And I think that will really open up the game for offences and defences to coach against their opposition in, in future weeks. Well, you'll probably need to change your language during the course mm. of the game, won't you, in terms of mm. audible? Because once you've heard it the first time, you're going to you know what's coming again. So you are going to have to keep changing what you say, which is, I'd not thought about that, but it's another element. But I mean, you've been, I've been doing the football and you've been doing the Formula E. I mean, what I would say, I wonder whether you, you, you experienced this as well. I'm pretty confident based on what I've seen in terms of the protocols that the athletes themselves have been um, having to deal with. I'm pretty confident that there won't be any kind of issue with players and personnel because the bubbles are so secure and so clean, and the tests are happening so regularly that I think it's. I don't think there's any real risk of the league having any issues internally. I think if the NFL season were to be suspended this year, it would be because of outside influence. You know, areas that are having second spikes and the pandemic coming back aggressively, then you might have an issue. But I certainly get the impression that when the Premier League starts again and the Champions League that we've had that the leagues themselves have worked out very quickly how medically they need to be to make sure that everybody's safe and well. Yeah, I think the main thing, the one thing that I experienced was you can't be flippant about the protocols that have been put in place by either uh, the sports official organisation, for us it was the FIA, or the government in which, or the government in whatever country or city is hosting the event. So we were in Germany, we are in Berlin, the capital, and we had really strict protocols that we had to follow uh, before we arrived in Berlin, during Berlin, and on the last day of Berlin. So we were tested two days in the week prior. We arrived at Berlin airport. We were shipped straight to a hotel where we were put into lockdown for 24 hours. And the mornings, we arrived on the Saturday, the morning of the, of the Sunday, we were all tested and then sent to our room. So we weren't allowed to mix with anyone within the Formula E group. There was supposed to be five and a half thousand people that travel on a normal weekend with Formula E. They lowered it to a thousand, so obviously less, uh, less people involved, you know, less opportunity to catch it. Uh, once your 24 hours were done and your test was clear, we were then tested every fourth day whilst we were there with a, with a swab down the back of your throat, which I'm telling you is not nice at all. But we were all bubbled. We all had armbands on, which was specific areas on the track, which also represented specific areas in the hotel, and we weren't allowed to cross. So two people arrived in Berlin with it. No one left with it. So it worked. It yeah. really, really worked. And you've got to be really strict. You know, like today, it's just been announced that two England players have broken their protocols in Denmark, which is ridiculous. 
absolutely Crazy. ridiculous. You can't take it flippantly. You've got to be really serious about it because we've all heard horror stories on what COVID-19 can bring if you have contracted it. You know, Tessie's really good friend, she caught it. She was in a fetal position for four weeks. She just drank smoothies and Coca-Cola. And then she's come out the, 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 the dark tunnel that she was in. Her hair's fallen out and she's got no feeling in her right arm. No, it's, it's serious stuff, this. And I think if you abide by the rules or the protocols, then yeah, okay, you've got a less chance of catching it. But, you know, people will argue, oh, this, that, and the other about a mask. I don't care. Don't be selfish. Just go with the protocols and let's all try and get along. Let's do what we can to stay safe. See, I think this is where the NFL have been sensible because they've given players the opportunity to opt out if they don't want to do it, if they've got fears or if there's a situation that... Is makes them more susceptible to, to catching it or all, all these. So there are players that will sit the season out. Now I think the main worry for for players would be family members. Let's exactly, be honest. Exactly, exactly. So I, I think that's another. At least you know that the player has the option to not play, and it won't be yeah. held against them. The players yeah. who are playing are now totally committed to what they're doing. There is there's a few fascinating asides, um, and and I wish the question was asked to him the other night. I was watching the television. I was watching Sky's new NFL channel the other night. And they spoke to to Mark Andrews, the tight end of, of, of Baltimore, who I think I'm right in saying is a type 2 diabetic. He's either a type 1 or a type 2 diabetic, which makes him more of a risk. It puts him more of a risk. But he's chosen to, to do it. And, and he's chosen to play. And, and I would have been fascinated to hear his story as to how his life as an NFL player will change based on mm. the illness that he has, that he, he copes with on a day-to-day -day basis. Now he's got to deal with, with COVID-19 and being a professional athlete within that bubble and, and all that, and just how that's going to affect him um, during the course of the season. And he won't be the only player. I mean, there'll be a lot of players because there's so many in the league. But he was just one example of someone that's had to sit down and really think about it. And, and what, what, what was said was that, as I say, I, I'm not completely sure. I can't remember whether he was type two or type one. But, but one of them... Is, makes you more of a risk than the other. So he's fortunate. He's on the right side of it. But there's all these little stories that, that, that are going to happen. And as we're seeing in the baseball at the moment, a lot of players are having to go on to the, the COVID list for, for a, a short period. So then that team is affected because they can't have that player for that game. And you, you wonder whether at some stage you, you, you might see the season slightly derailed from a team perspective that they may lose a key player more than one I mean you lose your quarterback because they've got to self-isolate for, for COVID I mean that, that can make or break the season so they're going to be so keen to make sure that everybody adheres to the protocol and stays safe and stays healthy to make sure that, that everybody's got a fighting chance of, of doing what they want to do um, yeah. but it, it is going to be unique and it's I just hope that we get to a situation where it's it's okay and everybody's safe that by Christmas time they can start considering having supporters in the stadium because you wouldn't want to get to the Super Bowl and we all know what a wonderful week that is you wouldn't want to get to that stage and all that be behind closed doors I mean Simon the producer was just saying before we started you know imagine the half time show in an empty stadium imagine <laughs> the tension that you feel on Super Bowl Sunday and people yeah. aren't there you know if you're Tampa Bay this year if you're Tampa and you've got the Super Bowl and nobody can go and, and the revenue that it brings to the city, who's the Super Bowl host and the surrounding areas. You know, this is going to be front and centre for the NFL, I'm sure, to try and 
keep their fingers crossed that medically they can be in a position where, you know, at some stage during the course of the season, they can get the supporters back in, in significant numbers, even if it's not, you know, a completely full stadium. Yeah, because a Super Bowl city, financially, it brings in, what, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. It's massive. It's absolutely huge. And if no one can travel, you know, I mean, you and I, we've been several times now to the Super Bowl. We're fortunate enough to go pretty much every year. And uh, it might not necessarily be foreign travel, but internal travel within the US, you know, with restrictions and what have you, that's going to be really difficult. And you've got yeah. to feel sorry for Tampa Bay if, if it's not a full... Uh, Super Bowl experience for everyone within the United States but we will see we will see Darren we, we will. will see I, I, like to, I like to do this every now and again occasionally I find a really good NFL book because I read them all and some are okay yeah. way through and pie it I'm not reading this anymore but there's a brilliant one out at the minute it's called Dynasty and it's all about the New England Patriots and it's absolutely brilliant I, I can't put it down it's, it's brilliantly <laughs> written and basically, the first chapter starts with Drew Bledsoe in the emergency room, dying after the hit by Mo Lewis. He's 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 in he's in you know a really bad way, and it kind of starts there, and then it leads you through Parcells is the head coach and everything that happened with Parcells and Kraft and why he went, and then the Belichick resigning as the head coach of the Jets and Pete Carroll getting the job and all this. It, it, it's absolutely brilliantly written. It's written in a way that you feel like you're reading a novel, but you know it's all true. Yeah. Really, there's some cracking little nuggets of information in there as well. You think, oh, I didn't know that. I can't believe he said that. All this. Brilliant. So I would highly recommend, if you can get your hands on it, it's called Dynasty. It's just out. I think it came out last week. And it is absolutely superb. It's one of the best NFL books that I've ever read. Cannot put it down. I'm not, I'm not a big Patriots fan, but this is great. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you know what's funny, Darren? Is when you say I'm not a Patriots fan, the Patriots are probably the one team that you've seen live the most. I know. And I still because of the amount, fan. <laughs> because of the amount of Super Bowls we've been to. I was watching on the new Sky Sports NFL channel. I was watching the Super Bowl in Minnesota, the Eagles versus New England Patriots. And you know what? Couldn't remember anything apart no. from the Philly special. I remember that, but everything else, I'm like, oh, it's a great game, actually. <laughs> I remember the cans of beer around the field. Yeah. That's about yeah. and, and you telling me to not embarrass myself in front of Ray Lewis. That was about, <laughs> it. That was about it. Just act like you've been here before. Well, I haven't. <laughs> I, I know. Haven't. Yeah, yeah, true. Very true. Let's crack on, shall we? Let's get into this season. Uh, lots of big headlines were made during the off-season. One in particular was Patrick Mahomes and the huge amount of cash uh, that he's about to receive with his brand new contract. I'll ask you the big question, Darren. Do you think he's worth it? Yes. Yes. I, I think... Of, of, of all the players in the league, by the time he finishes, if he carries on like this, he will be in the argument as the best quarterback of, of all time. So, yes, he is. And the, the fact of the matter is that he deserves a large percentage of whatever the salary cap is for the duration of his career. To Sean Watson, he was taken in the same draft as him, has also been paid this week. So... They weren't the first two. Poor old Mitchell Trubisky still battling for his job with Chicago. He's seeing his contract running out. He went first off the board. And the two the Bears could have had have just been paid the King's ransom to, to make sure that they're the starting quarterback of the, the Texans and the Chiefs for the foreseeable future. But he, he is, yeah, he is worth it. And the fact that the Chiefs have been able to sign him and Chris Jones this offseason is huge. 
I think they're returning all of their starters um, from the Super Bowl. And they've also added a very exciting running back in the draft called Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who they took from LSU, who's fantastic. Mikhail Hardman's got into his second year, who is Tyreek Hill to all intents and purposes. So his role in the offense, you would think, will expand. And then the defense that was playing so well towards the end of the season is intact as well. So they're going to be the team that everybody's got to shoot at again. But you can make a case that there are three or four, you know, two or three, three or four really strong contenders in the AFC um, when you factor in, you know, the Baltimore Ravens and one or two others as well. Now, let me, let me just go back to that afternoon in Miami at the Super Bowl. And I'll never forget, one of the things that you said was, this is the start of the new generation of NFL superstars. And yeah. what we saw during the offseason was that, yeah, you were right. Those superstars or those projected superstars have been paid and they're showing their worth. Mainly quarterbacks, but there's a lot of young talent out there that kind of, I know that Brady's moved to Tampa Bay, but it puts that generation to bed, I think, as an NFL fan. You know, that's done. Uh, we're in 2020. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. Great tune, by the way. Let's crack on and, and see what the future holds for franchises like the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you know what I mean? Like 10 years ago, the Kansas City Chiefs were just the Kansas City Chiefs. But now they're one of the most exciting teams in the NFL, along with a team that I'm hoping you're going to mention with Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I also think you would put, certainly this season and onward, if, if they carry on, I think the Arizona Cardinals will be a team to watch because I think that Kyler Murray this year will take big strides forward. So I think he's going to be the next one. You know, those elite, mobile, athletic quarterbacks that bring so much more. It used to be, you know, six foot five, drop back, throw it down the field and try and absorb the punishment. Now there's so many more strings to all of these players' bows. They're, they're the fastest player on the, on the, on the field in, in, in a lot of cases. They're the most athletic player on the field. They've got this savvy that they learn in college. So when, there's not the risk anymore when you, when you draft a quarterback in the first round. The majority of them hit these days. It's not a crapshoot. It's not a 50-50 anymore because of the way they play in college now. So I think we're going to see more of this. I think Dwayne Haskins will progress with Washington year two. Daniel Jones at the Giants, you would expect him to go again. He's another mobile quarterback. Kyler Murray, who I've just mentioned. And Kyler, Kyler Murray, in a, in a way, got rewarded by the fact that they took DeAndre Hopkins. Exactly. From the Texans. So yeah. they, they're showing their faith by saying, do you know what, son? You've had a pretty decent season. Let's see how you can improve with a better wide receiving core. Yeah. And then you've got two, of course, at Miami, who they've named Ryan Fitzpatrick as the starter, which I think we all expected. But at some stage this season, he's going to come in and be the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. And... It is. I think it's, you get like a change of the guard, don't you? And, yeah. you know, for so long, we, we, we feasted on watching Brady versus Manning. Now, you know, you're kind of moving into an entirely different era where you're going to be watching Patrick Mahomes against Lamar Jackson. And you're going to be watching Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, you know, the fantastically exciting players, but different players. You know, players that when we started watching it back in the 80s, Randall Cunningham was the only quarterback like that anywhere. And he was such a novelty that nobody really believed that he was going to win. Now, yeah. it's almost a prerequisite that you've got to go and find one. And I wonder, over the course of the next decade, whether the prototypical quarterback will now just disappear from the game. That that position now needs to be a multi-talented athlete. It's got to be really yeah. stroke quarterback, and they've got to be able to do so much more. 
With the, and that also has a knock-on effect with the way that defences are run and the athleticism of, of players in positions like middle linebacker. You know, back in the day, the middle linebacker was a big guy. You know, he's a big man. But now they're, they're, they're slimming down a lot. I remember Ray Lewis told me that for when he tore his bicep, I think it was, he realised that he couldn't play as well as he wanted to, being the size that he was. He would have to make himself more agile. And he went down from 255 to 220 yeah. when he tore his bicep because he knew he had to be more athletic and quicker on the field. And he made a ton of tackles in that Super Bowl against San Francisco 49ers. And it worked. And I think that if you're going to have a mobile quarterback, you have to have a mobile defense. And I think that the physicality of the defensive players that, like you said, the quarterback's going to change. They're going to change the physicality the way that they run around, and the linebackers are going to be exactly the same. They're going to be a lot fitter, more athletic, and a lot faster. It's a speed game now, isn't it? It was a side yeah. game. It's a speed Definitely. game. And I think you're going, to, you're going to see that move right the way through the units because even up front, you can't have big, well, big heavy offensive linemen who can't get out in front of the quarterback or the running back to block. <laughs> like, like you're starting to see in Baltimore, you know, they've got very athletic linemen now. It's almost like the evolution of the rugby player in, in England, isn't it? When you think about yeah, very true. Of, of the Wade Dooleys and people like that years ago, and now yeah. you look at players like Courtney Laws and what have you, who are unbelievably strong, but they are so athletic compared to their predecessors in those positions. Yeah, you're going to find that now that offensive linemen are going to come into the league and yes they're going to be strong and they're going to be bench pressing all kinds of numbers but I think they'll be faster and I think they'll be slightly leaner because I think the, the game is going to become so based around speed that you can't be a great you know ambling hulk of manhood and expect to be successful in the NFL I think we're starting to see a change across the board now and I think people will get slightly smaller, hell of a lot quicker, which I wonder from a safety aspect whether that's going to be beneficial too, you know, because the size of, of, of players and the collisions were so fierce. But if it becomes more of a speed game and players naturally have to be lighter to play that way, then you would think that by process of elimination, the collisions would be essentially slightly less impactful and maybe the safety can be improved, which everybody would be, would be happy with, I know. Yeah, definitely. Interesting stuff. Let's get into the conferences, okay. uh, Darren. AFC and NFC. Let's yeah. not get too deep into uh, the divisions. Okay. But give me your top three in the AFC. Well, you see, I think this is. I think this is really straightforward. I think it's the Kansas City Chiefs, it's the Baltimore Ravens, and I would say the Tennessee Titans. The three teams that went deep last year. I don't think there's going to be a great deal of change, and I think Tennessee are. A hell of a lot better than people gave them credit for. They weren't a flash in the pan at playoff time. I think they're, they're well put together. Tannehill's in the system for the second year now, and they've got one or two players, certainly on the receiving side of things, who you would expect to progress again this year. They've still got Derrick Henry. They've just signed Genevieve Clowney. So I think from their perspective, they're third best. But I think those two are away and clear. I'll be really, really surprised, shocked, I think, if the AFC Championship game isn't Baltimore against... Kansas City. <laughs> See, I, I, I agree, but I think that the Steelers are going to give uh, the Ravens a run for their money. I really do believe that this year. I think the Steelers... You're okay with the elbow? Yeah. Okay with Big Ben's elbow? There's just something about that defence that I think 
you've got to look at and say, do you know what? I think those players are maturing in their second and third seasons and I think they'll do well. Yeah. I really do believe that because if Big Ben can come back and play two-thirds of what Big Ben is, then they'll do well. And all they've got to do is beat the Ravens, which is, I know it's a tough ask, but that's, those are the two games that they've got to win. That could be a hell of a division moving forward. If Joe Burrow is as good as people say Joe Burrow can be, there's a lot of talent on the Cleveland roster as well. Cincinnati yeah. may well have their quarterback now for the next decade who can make them better. And the Ravens and the Steelers, they draft so well, they're not going away at all. You no. could, in the next four or five years, you could have four teams in that division who all each year legitimately think they can win it. I think that's going to be a really, a really good division. So what about the NFC then? So are you going, are you going Baltimore, Kansas and Pittsburgh? Are you taking Tennessee out? I'm taking Tennessee out of the mix because I, I just think that when you've got a, a, an offense that is predominantly a running game, yeah. they're going to do the same again with Derrick Henry because let's be honest, Derrick Henry is top five running back in the league. Absolute monster of a human being. Yes. I just think Tannehill has got to prove himself more. And you came up with this statistic and I was trying to remember what it was about Tannehill's passing. And we were saying that, do you know what? Don't underestimate Ryan Tannehill because his stats are actually better than what, how good you think he is. Yes. Uh, but I, I think... Sometimes, though, sometimes it's not necessarily just about the talent of the person. It's the fit, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Whether he fits yeah. that, that offence. And I think in, in Tannehill, he's actually found an offence that suits him down to the ground. He's good for them and they're good for him. There's not a great yeah. pressure on him to win games because they rely on controlling the clock and Derrick Henry. But he throws a decent long ball and he's got some speed down the field. AJ Brown had a breakout. He's got a decent tight end in Jonu Smith. So he's yeah. got a good offensive line. So I think if, if you put him in some situation, if you made him the, the, the quarterback of the Bears, I think he'd, he'd struggle, you know. But I think you put him there at Tennessee and it, it fits perfectly for him. But, you, but also, David, you know, like, the Bills are tickling Megulis for some reason. I, 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 I really, I know, I know, I know. I don't know why. I honestly don't know why. But I just think the Bills have got something. Maybe it's their young head coach who I really liked last yeah. season. You think Josh Allen can go again then? I think he can. Yeah, I think he can. Well, yeah, I mean, an arm, but he can't aim it very well. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, but you always say that about Dak Prescott, and he's just about to get paid. Now he's, um, he's got about 17 <laughs> wide receivers. All he's got to do is somebody will be there. Somebody's bands will be there. They've got more wide receivers, got more wide receivers than I've got. I don't know, caps. I've got but, I don't know. Yeah, but they, they did ever so well, the Cowboys, in the draft, let's be honest. Yeah, that's quite a nice segue because I've got them in my three for the NFC because you want to do the top three. I, I, I would have Minnesota. I was going to say Minnesota in my top three. And I would have... Uh, Tampa. Yeah, I'm torn between uh, Minnesota, uh, Tampa Bay and Philadelphia because I think if, if you've got a recipe for success, and we yeah. talked about it earlier on, we saw the Philadelphia Eagles beat the New England Patriots and that very rarely happens. It's very rare that the Patriots lose a Super Bowl. But I think the Eagles... Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick in that Super, that Super Bowl. I think they, played, they called a really good game. And I think it's about time that they went, you know what, we had, a, we had an off-season last year. Let's recoup. Let's get back together. And I think the Eagles are a team to look out for, along with the Cowboys as well, because like you say, they are fully loaded. But my number one bet, Darren, is I went all in on Tampa Bay to win the Super Bowl. 
Yeah. Because it's in Tampa Bay. And I was listening this morning to Good Morning uh, America Football. What's it called? Good Morning Football or something yeah. like that. Fo- you know what's on, never um, happened before, don't you? NFL Network. What? You know, never happened. The teams never won. The teams never won in their home yeah. stadium. Yeah. Uh, I know. That's why the odds were so good. <laughs> well, I, I, did, I did my bet today. So I, I have two or three bets. I have, I have an accumulator and I have a Super Bowl bet. But I never just do one team. I've, for the Super Bowl, I've done the Baltimore Ravens to play the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's my right. Super Bowl bet. Then you look at San Francisco. San Francisco are not going to be... Well, I think San Francisco got a problem. And this is, this is, what I, I, this is only, only my opinion. But when I look at the two conferences, I can see real cream at the top in the AFC. So I look at, I look at Kansas, I look at Baltimore, and they are a class of the conference. And then yeah. made a case for Pittsburgh and I've made a case for t- Tennessee. But I think after that, there's a drop-off. Pretty much of a muchness. I look at the NFC and it wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys or the Eagles win that division. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if it's Green Bay or Minnesota that win that division. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if Seattle finish above the 49ers. And I also think the Cardinals and the Rams will make that a really difficult division to win. They well, can... then I would say, Darren, you've got to throw the Saints in there. <laughs> and, then you... and then you go to the division there. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise you if the Saints finish above Tampa, would it? So No. And I think you'd be really brave to go, it'll be this. Because I think yeah. there's probably eight, nine, ten. And that's without the surprise team that we get every year. You know, the Bears a couple of years ago won 12 games, 11 or 12 games. And nobody saw that coming. And yeah. you, you get a flyer, whether that's the car, whether that's Arizona this year with Kyler Murray, it could be, couldn't it? You know, yeah. they, they could they could get on a roll and they could win a lot of games. Um, so I, I think the NFC is really difficult to pick, and I think whoever gets there, you kind of go, yeah, I can see that. You know, I, I know that. Yeah, got that. But I don't. I, I think the AFC is easier to to predict than the NFC in, in the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, because I think if you if you take the Kansas City Chiefs. And they play all of those, let's say the top two teams in the NFC divisions. Yeah. The Ravens and the Chiefs would, more often than not, I think, beat those teams. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I, I think, think they would. If you go back to the Super Bowl in Miami, the minute the Chiefs clicked, the 49ers couldn't go with them. But the yeah. 49ers had the lead because the Chiefs weren't playing like the Chiefs. The minute the Chiefs yeah. started playing like the Chiefs, the game changed. That was just nerves, I think. That was kind of, you know, we've not been here for a, we've not been here for a long time. It took them a while to bed in, and if you watch all those the great shows that they make on the NFL Network, all the mic'd up shows, and you watch uh, Patrick Mahomes' reaction and the way that he garnered the energy on the sidelines with the team, that's special. Yeah, that is really special. And it did flick a switch, and then they just thought, right, let's go. So who's your Super Bowl then? Mine's Baltimore against Tampa Bay, and I'm going to go Baltimore to win the Super Bowl. Okay, I'm going to go uh, Kansas City Chiefs because I, I think they've they've been there, they've done it, and we hear so many times that once you've got the win, you know what it's like because the experience is there and you carry that momentum forward. I mean, I, I think you've said that many times on, on your football commentary that it, it's addictive and it breeds success, being victorious. So I'm going to go Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm going to go throw one out there because I think that the, uh, the, the, the championship will be, this is controversial, I know, but I think the Giants will do well. Really? 
I think the Giants will do well. Really? I think the Giants. I think the Giants are going to do well. I really do. I think the Washington Football Team will finish above them. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, And then in the final, I've got Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Eagles. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles. It's controversial, I know. Some people might think I'm stupid. But I think because the season is a different season to what we've experienced in the past with the COVID restrictions, yeah. and, and I just think having no preseason games and uh, having a camp like we've had, I think that the Eagles are going to do well. Do you know what? I was listening to him the other day because I'm, I'm fascinated, I've been fascinated by this whole quarterback battle between Trubisky and, and Nick Foles in Chicago. They've only yeah. had 10 practices to work it out. No games and 10 practices. Now, obviously, wow. it's not in pads and things like that, but you can't work that out. Yeah. Like me and you slinging it around no. back on. They've only <laughs> had 10 practices in pads where they've been in game-like conditions to work out who the starting quarterback's going to be. So it's clear that they were going to stick with a guy that got the job. You're not going to lose the job over 10 practices unless you throw an interception every time you go out there. But you know what I yeah. think here, and I'm fascinated what you think about this. I, I, I think this is going to be a year where rookies won't make too much of an impact because they've just not had time to, to learn the playbook and learn the system and get reps in, in, in games. So That's I, a I great point. I think you'll see rookies maybe in the final few weeks, if anything, start to impact their teams. I think teams that have new head coaches will find it really difficult. You can't go and impart your knowledge, wisdom, system, whatever you want to call it, on yeah. a group of 53 players when you can't play. So I think a new system this year is going to yeah. set you back. So I don't think that's going to be an impactful situation for anybody. I don't think we're going to see a great deal of change from last time to this time because they just haven't had the time on the practice field or the opportunity to make any changes. So I think the teams right. that were good last year are probably going to be good again. And the teams that were bad last year are probably going to be bad again. We've not mentioned the Atlanta Falcons. No. In any of our playoff conversations. No. And they changed their defensive coordinator towards the back end of the season and their defence improved a lot. Significantly. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. And I think that every single starter on their offence is a first-round pick. So I think we should put the Falcons in the mix collectively. Maybe a five or each. <laughs> hey, so I did yeah. say to you as well, didn't I? I did say to you, we should, we, we should give our, our listeners, our downloaders, our wonderful, wonderful Fumbleites, just one thing that they're not thinking about that we think is going to happen during the course of the season. Some yeah. big surprise element that they can keep an eye on and see whether we call it or not. Okay, you, I, I'll go first. Go on, then. All right, I'll go first. Uh, it's something I'm quite passionate about. And it's something that I hope happens. Uh, I just hope that a British player makes a huge impact this year in the NFL. It might be Jack Crawford, who's been a stalwart in the NFL. But I just think that... With FA being cut as we record this, he might get picked up by the Jaguars. I don't know. Uh, That's just a guess. But I hope that we have an English player rise to the relatively top of the NFL. Okay. I'm going to 
throw one out there and I could look really stupid with this because it might be totally off the mark. I am going to say that the Miami Dolphins <laughs> in the doldrums for so long, right? And they've been so bad. Yeah. So bad they were, they were thinking about ringing me and you last year to see. <laughs> <laughs> right. They've been so bad. I'm going to predict this year that the AFC East is won by the Miami Dolphins, who win 10 games at least this year. That's not a bad show, though. They're, they're well coached. Brian Flores is, is a really good coach. They played hard every week last year, even when yeah. they were done. And they finished the season respectfully. They beat the Eagles late on. Oh, you see? Now you've got my juices flowing again. Right. So I, I'm going to go. There's always one team that you think, where did they come from? Detroit Lions. Right, well. We haven't spoken about the Detroit Lions, and if you look well, at their results... Nobody's spoken about the Detroit Lions. Not I sure. know. Miami have got a really good defence now because they've, they've signed some really good defensive players. They've got a ton of cap space. So the secondary is as good as any secondary in the, in, in the NFL. They've got Preston Williams to play opposite Devante Parker. So they've got two real good wide receivers. Yeah. They can run the ball. They'll get Tua in there eventually when he's ready. They've got a really good tight end in Mike Gazicki as well. He was a bit of a breakout player last year. A lot of fancy teams are, are, are taking him late in the draft. But I, I just think, I look at Buffalo and I'm not convinced. I look at New England and I'm not convinced, despite the fact that Belichick said all kinds of weird and wonderful things about the work ethic of Cam Newton. Um, and I just think this could be the... I'm not, I don't think the Jets will do anything. So my... my my flyer, and they're nine to one, by the way, to win the division. Just to win the division, they are nine to one to, to finish first out of four teams. Nine oh, wow. to one to win the East. So I've had a little accumulator, right? Now, yeah, right. So I, I do this every year, right? So I've done all the division winners. And I, I, get, I get near, but I never get there. But this year I've done it. And so I've gone with Miami in the East. Yeah. I've gone with uh, Baltimore, Tennessee, and Kansas City. So that's the AFC. NFC, I've gone Dallas Cowboys, Minnesota Vikings, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and San Francisco 49ers. Now, because I've stuck the Dolphins in at 9-1, to one, my £10, if they all win that, <laughs> those divisions, will pay back 10,861 quid. What? It's because they're nine to one. You see the Dolphins. Wow! Yeah, nice. But I, but I do genuinely like them, and I've been thinking about this. That Peter King's tipped them up a little bit as well this week. He's got a good feeling. He's been in camp. You see, he's been there to look at them and all that. So I'm just. I think they might be the surprise team. The Dolphins. Yeah. Neil Reynolds will be delighted. Oh, he will. He will. Neil will be delighted. But it also be, it will be nice for all those. Uh, Dolphins fans who are from yeah. the era that we're from because there were only four shirts that you could buy in, in the UK. Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Walter Payton and Art Monk. Yeah. <laughs> when, we, when we review this, on sat in the stadium in Tampa, ready to, to watch whatever, watch, watch the Super Bowl between the... Watch, watch the Dolphins and the, and, and the Lions. <laughs> you can sit back and say, so Darren, those three wins that Miami had this year. <laughs> so we yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just think that you know 
Matt Patricia's got a lot to prove. He lost, they lost a lot of games by very few points last year. Uh, Stafford was injured. The wide receiving core at the Lions has improved over the past two or three years. Yeah. The defence is their defence. It is what it is. And, you know, Patricia's a defensive guy off the bat. I just, I just got a funny feeling about the Detroit Lions. And we haven't talked about our Bears because our Bears are just always our Bears. So yeah. it is what it is. Uh, and, and I think, like I said, the, the weird thing that we've got to throw into the mix, and we mentioned it at the very top of the podcast, is how teams, players, organizations from top to bottom are going to react to traveling to empty stadiums if it is an empty stadium. I know that some teams are playing with 25% up crowd or audience. But how this season is going to differ from seasons of the past, that's the big element of the equation that yeah. can make a big difference. It really is. It's going to be great. Because I think what will happen, Darren, is they'll say NFL teams will have to make a decision at some point, I think, where it's all locked down. Mm. You finish a game, you go to a team hotel, you don't go see friends and family, and... Those are the protocols that are put in place to prevent players from mixing outside of the NFL bubble. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what will happen. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Now, also tonight, we are all drafting, aren't we, in our fancy league tonight? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really nervous, as always, because I, I love fantasy football. And I'll tell you why I love it. It's not for the, the wins and the losses. It's for me, and it's only my third, fourth, no, no, I'd say fourth or fifth season playing fantasy football properly, is I think it brings alive the games when you're watching them. Yes. And I, I know you're not a big Scott Hansen fan, yeah. but the way that they embed fantasy football in red zone really, really gets the juices flowing when you watch a Sunday night progress from start to finish. And I think fantasy football, for me as a fan, has just given it another level. And I'm fourth in our draft because I didn't do very well last season yeah. because I drafted six quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, I won't be doing that again. But I'm torn between, and I know you always give me advice, do I go running back in four or yeah. do I go top wide receiver? No, 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 no. So anybody who's drafted this year, right, the strategy is simple. Some years you can think, oh, I'm going to target this, or I'm going to do that. This year, the draft takes care of itself. There are probably only 14 or 15 fantasy running backs that you want to own. So I would say to anybody, you've got to get two of them. Yeah. Wherever you get them, you've got to get two. So probably your first two picks, or certainly two of your first three, 
need to be running backs. Because once, once you get past like Chris Carson of the Seahawks and you drop down to Le'Veon Bell and that group, David Johnson, you don't really want to own them because you can't rely on them. And then the next group after that are the potential breakout players. So then you're taking a chance. So I think you've got to get two of the, of the top 15 running backs. In a 12-team league, that means a lot of teams are going to be disappointed because they're going to run out. So I don't think you bother with the top wide receivers this year because I think there's a group of them in about round five, six, who are really going to kick off. We're talking about the change in the guard with the quarterbacks. I think we're going to see a change in the guard with the wide receivers. Those players last year who had breakout years going into their second and third year now in the league, I think they're really going to go. So I would go running back with your first pick and I'd try and go running back with your second pick as well. Wouldn't bother with the big name receivers this year because you're not going to get a Michael Thomas because he'll be gone if you take him running back. But then you get into that Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, Devante Adams, Amari Cooper. Do you really want to own them when you've got players further down? Quarterback is really deep this year. I, I, I've been in drafts this year where Aaron Rodgers hasn't been drafted. What? So many quarterbacks. You can get Cam Newton in like the 13th round, Tom Brady in like the 12th round. Because there's so many, yeah. you know, everybody wants to own Mahomes, Jackson, Jackson, Murray, Prescott, Ryan, um, Deshaun Watson, all the, I mean, there's loads. There's loads. Yeah, you yeah you're right. That? There must be 20 top quarterbacks in the league now. Yeah. You only need 12. So, so that's a really, really good back. point. Really good point. And you know the most difficult position has always been tight end. Yeah. It's always been Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski. And after that, there's nobody left. And then last yeah. year, it was George Kittle or Travis Kelsey and nobody else. Now, yeah. there's probably 15 tight ends. Because all of a sudden, you've got Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst, Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller. There's loads. Yeah. C.J. Hawkinson. There's yeah. loads of, wide, of tight ends. So you can wait now and, and get one later. Whereas in the past, you, you maybe got to take a tight end if you've got a good one in the second or third round. So mm. it, it picks itself. It's running back, running back. Then it's what you think. And then you get into the wide receivers and then you start to pick your poison later. There's no really need good to point. my friend to take three quarterbacks because <laughs> there will be good <laughs> that you can have your fun with. <laughs> Honest. You don't need to do it this year. And there's no need in round six or seven to take a kicker. Leave them. Yeah, yeah. Look, there were 32 kickers and every one of them was unpredictable. You've got to get one of the defences, but not too early. But there's about five of them that you want. Pittsburgh, yeah. Baltimore, San Francisco, Kansas City. Tampa Bay. New England. Yeah. Yeah. Five or six. Try and get one of them. And then you'll be in good shape. And right. we, of course, during the course of the year, we'll try and impart some fantasy wisdom and tales of woe from our league. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of those, Darren. There will be plenty of those. Yes, yes. So I'm really looking forward to that later on. All right, brilliant. So the, the season kicks off uh, this week, yeah. and we can't wait as per usual. And, and I think we should, we should say a, a big congrats to, to, to everyone at Sky because, and the NFL for committing themselves to a, a full 24-7 NFL channel. It's Absolutely. going to be great in the build-up. I've been watching it today, and it and it and it's really nice because you feel like you're waking up in America. You know, when you when 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 you travel to America, you always put on ESPN. Yeah, you, do. you know, and you always you always watch the the constant sports news, yeah. and that's what it felt like this morning early on. It's like, oh my god, I feel like I'm on holiday. Yeah, it was great. 
Yeah, it was. It was. It's going to be fast. It's going to be fantastic that during the course of the season. Really excited about that. Thursday night, then first game of the year. It's going to be a, a shootout, isn't it? It can't be anything else, can it? Deshaun Watson against Pat Mahomes. It can't be anything other than exactly. 45-40, can it, or something like that? Well, you would hope so. Season opener in front of nobody. But I get, I, I, I understand. Uh, just looking at TV viewing figures over here during lockdown and, and everything that's going on with COVID, that TV audience is going to be massive for that opening game. It's going to be absolutely huge. A lot of fans will be tuning in for the football, but I think an equal amount will be tuning in just for curiosity to see what it's like. It's going to be amazing. It really is going to be amazing. Yeah. So you will see your Super Bowl pick in action in the early hours of Friday morning. <laughs> and then I got the school run. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is that, yeah. Well, we'll be back next. We'll be back every week now, won't we? So yeah, that's it. That's it. We're back. Yeah. They're stuck with us again now. Exactly, which is quite nice. Unless the rumours are true and I do tootle off to a jungle in Wales. Well, but I'm not too sure about that for now. Well, yeah, yeah. But, but both Simon and I have spoken about this. If that programme starts at the end of October, at least we know we'll have you back early November. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I said to Lauren, I said, you do realise that, that our bills are going to go through the roof because I've never, never called into one of those shows. I'm going to be on the redial, speed dial, redial for the bus took a trial. You're going to be it, my friend, if you're in there. If I go in there, you know what? I would say, Darren, that all my friends have said exactly the same. Just you wait. Just you wait till it's cock and balls, son. Just you wait till it's cock and balls. (laughs) You wait till it comes up at the bottom of the screen. You won't be able to see it. Please bear with us. We are experiencing unusually high call numbers at this time. When they say, who are you going to stick in? The big man's in. So uh, if, if the rumours are true and if you do go in, it, what, what would be the worst thing that, that could be pushed into your mouth? Uh, <laughs> not, not like that. <laughs> Uh, moving swiftly. <laughs> moving swiftly. Well, that's how you get on in telly, let's be honest. So... Uh, it won't be the first time. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I think it, it, if I were to do it, and I, and I, I genuinely, honestly, haven't decided yet. Yeah. I haven't decided. They've asked me, and I've not decided because it's a big thing. Uh, it would be a confined space with water. That's the one thing. The only thing I have nightmares about being claustrophobic in water. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and. and not necessarily heights, but just confined spaces with water. I can't, I can't, I can't stand on a hotel balcony. Really? It. Yeah, shocking. I, the heights would do me. The confined space, I'd be all right. I, I couldn't eat. So on, on one of the programmes last year, one of the contestants had to eat an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, so it was a camel's, it was genuinely, it was the arsehole. And, and, I can't remember who it was. And I'm telling you now, there's not an amount of money invented that, that would lead me to do that. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that, that would be the thing for me. Heights and, and, and that. And well, I'm, thanks, Darren. I was undecided. I've now made my decision. <laughs> I won't be going into Wales in the jungle. <laughs> oh, my God. Someone ate an, a camel's anus. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Yeah, live on the telly. I can't. I think it was a woman. I can't think who it was. 
So the thing is, though, where are you going to... The only place you can get a camel's earners from is a dead one in Chester Zoo. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Oh, anyway, moving swiftly on. Yeah, so uh, there might be a little bit of a break this season, but who knows? We'll see. We'll, we'll play we'll it by ear. We'll get around that, though. We'll get around that. We can get around that. Yeah, I, exactly. The luxury item that you take in can be your laptop so you can do the podcast while you're in there. <laughs> well, uh, someone's got to look after me fantasy team. <laughs> well, ah, now, 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 this is, this is, I know I've got to mention this before we go. So we discussed this last night in your absence. So I sat down with Internet Rich last night and I said, if the rumours are true, what are we going to do about the big man's fantasy team? And Rich went, well, I'll manage it for him. I said, no, 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 no. I said, he would sooner me manage it than you. <laughs> yes, definitely. So, so he went, oh, all right. He said, but what if you play him? I said, well, you have to make it that I don't. So it's been structured that I wouldn't play you during that period of time. And I will manage your team while you're in there. Nice. All right, yeah, good stuff. We, Good you, man. We're already thinking about you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I'll concentrate on Camelanus, Darren, and uh, you concentrate on my top running backs, please. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah. If it happens, of course. If it you, happens. You've got, a, you've got a deal. If it happens, you've got a deal. Yeah, and then Jason's in, I'm, a, I'm in Strictly Come Dancing, Jason Bell. He is, he is. I think you'll, you know what, I think he'll be brilliant. I think he will as well. I think he'll do really well. The audience will love him. And I think he'll have all the moves. I, th- I think he's yeah. a potential winner, Jay Bell. I think he's a potential winner. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, Darren, it's been good to be back, my friend. I've really enjoyed that. Nice to see you and uh, Simon smiling and everyone safe and happy and well and what have you. Uh, you've got Premier League this weekend, haven't you? Yes, I've got Fulham versus Arsenal on Saturday. So I've nice. Got radio, I've got the radio show back on Friday and... Between 9 and 9.30, we're going to do a preview of the NFL season. So, Brilliant. Fumble Lights, who download the podcast. If you want a bit of NFL on the radio, we will bring that for you on Friday, 9 o'clock on Five Live. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah, and don't forget, Neil will bring you uh, all the live coverage of all the games on Sunday on Sky. And then, of course, you've got the highlights with Mark, Chappers, and uh, Olsi and Jason on Saturday nights as well. So you cannot escape from the NFL this year. Once again, it's everywhere. And uh, we're going to love it. So we'll be back next week with, a, with a, a week one review of the NFL season. And then we'll do a preview into week two. We'll talk off fantasy football and see how we got on. Yes, we'll let you know who we drafted. How many quarterbacks Fern's got when he took a kick. <laughs> or whether he got the defence. How many Detroit Lions players are on there. Or whether he turned up because he was testing some camelanus. Uh, there you go. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot. So you know, you know where to get us. Give us a, a review and a rate and all that palaver. Uh, good to be back. The season is officially up and running. This has been a Shooting Shark production. It's the Fumble, and we'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.